Fantastic. Good afternoon, everybody. Fantastic to get to uh, preach again today. Uh, excited to be in the house of God. Who's excited to be in church this morning? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's more of a response than I thought I would get. That's awesome. Yeah, fantastic to be in church. If everyone can turn to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17, and we're going to start in verse number 8. Pretty familiar story today, but I want to go through it with you just here. All right, Exodus 17 and verse number 8. Then came Amalek and fought with, with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for this Sunday. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to preach your word, Lord, and please help these words today to be yours and not mine, Lord. I don't want to share my opinion, Lord. I just want to share straight from the scripture, and Lord, just please help uh, your word to be profitable, and Lord, thank you so much for this time again now and for a church that's willing to listen and study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So if we look at today's story, uh, again, this is one that we've probably all heard of at some point if you've been at church for a little bit. Uh, with Moses and Aaron and her on the top of the hill, raising their hands and the victory being won. But I want to take a look at it from another perspective today. And sometimes there's someone that we kind of overlook in this section, at least I've overlooked many times, gotten used to reading this scripture and always just look at that section. But I want us to take a look at Joshua today. Now, we don't really think about Joshua in this situation, but uh, when we look at here, Joshua was the one down in the battle he was the one battling, uh, not, uh, not saying that what Moses was doing wasn't important. It was the most important thing. But I want to take a look at it from a different perspective today and look at it from the viewpoint of Joshua. Now, if we look here in the scripture, uh, this is actually Israel's first military engagement after leaving Egypt. This is the first battle that they've had. Uh, everything before this has been with the help of Egypt or with Egypt fighting for them. But this is the first time Israel has had to stand on their own and fight an enemy. And not only is this their first battle without help, without outside help, this is also the first time we hear about Joshua in Scripture. Uh, most of us are used to looking at the book of Joshua and seeing Joshua at the Battle of Jericho and uh, all the great achievements that he did. But this is the first we actually hear about Joshua in Scripture. It's the first we're introduced. And he's taking lead of Israel's army for the first time in their very first battle. And sometimes that can be easy to overlook, but I really want to take a look at that today and see uh, what Joshua does in his first call, in his first opportunity to lead, where the Lord first uses him. Because we think about all those times later in Joshua's life, but this moment is what led to those moments. We see him following God and doing what God wants him to do in the future, but it starts here. This is the very first time that we see that. So in uh, the beginning here, I want to see that he was ready to answer the call. 
and verses 9 through 10. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men. So that means Joshua is right there next to Moses. Joshua was ready to be called. The Bible doesn't say, and Moses said unto Aaron, hey, can you go find Joshua? I can't find him anywhere around. I don't know where Joshua is, but I want his help. Can you bring him? No, Joshua was there ready to be used. He knew that uh, an opportunity to be used was coming up. He knew that there was going to be a battle, and he was right there next to Moses ready to be used. He wanted to be used, and he wanted God to be able to use him. How about you? When God has a call, when God has something for you to do, are you standing next to him? Are you ready? Are you available? When God wants to use you, does he have to go looking for you? Are we so busy with things in our lives, trying to do different things, that when God wants to call us and use us, uh, he has to take time and call us out? Or are we right there with God? Are we praying, God, please use me. Lord, I'm ready to be used. I'm right here. And when God has something for you to do, you're already listening for that still small voice, and you're right there. Um, no doubt after I heard this plan, <laughs> I would have been like, hey, Aaron, you want to trade spots? Like, I don't mind. I'll go stand up on the hill, and you lead the army. How about we trade? But no, Joshua was ready and willing to do whatever he had to do. Joshua had no fear because he had complete trust in God. We never see him once question uh, the plan uh, we never see him once, you know, ask God to maybe change things up a little bit so he didn't have to be down there. Joshua got called, and he was ready to go. He was ready to jump into the battle because he knew that the plan had come from God. He knew that it wasn't Moses' plan. Moses didn't say, I'm going to go up to the top of this hill, and I'm going to bring victory. Moses went up with the rod of God, and he was praying and trusting in God to bring the children of Israel victory. Sometimes I think that we overlook that, and sometimes we can put uh, biblical characters up on a pedestal, and we can think of them as just characters and not real people. But these people in the Bible are real people. These are real stories with real people with real emotions. And Moses completely trusted in God, which allowed the man under him to be able to trust him because he was looking to God. Joshua wasn't trusting in Moses, he was trusting in God. Moses wasn't trying to do his own plan, he was looking to God for a plan. And that was a plan that God set forth. And Joshua was willing to listen and go. So are you willing to listen and go when God gives you a call? When God calls you, are you trusting in somebody else or maybe in the situation? Or are you trusting in God? Are you willing to put God first, his plan, what he wants you to do? Or are you just wanting to do what you want to do? Wanting to work things out your way? Uh, again, we didn't hear Joshua complain, but we also didn't hear him try and come up with some other plan. Joshua was ready, willing, he got down there, and he got into the battle. How about us? When God calls us and asks us to do something, are we trying to rationalize? And like, well, God, you know, yeah, sure, going into this battle sounds like a great idea, but if I could do this instead, maybe I could help in another way and someone else can go fight. Again, not downplaying Aaron and her and Moses, not saying that what they did was not important, but God didn't have that for Joshua. God had for Joshua to go down into the battle and lead the people because he knew in the future that's exactly what he was going to be doing. If we look into the later life of Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1, he's leading the children of Israel into battle against Jericho. Where do you think he learned that? Where do you think he learned to trust God and to go into battle when he told him what to do? Again, we see that Joshua in that battle, the battle of Jericho, didn't question God when he came up with a plan. He did it. Where did that start? 
in Joshua's very first military engagement with the children of Israel. It started from the beginning. He learned it at the very start, and he carried that throughout his life. May we never look for what we think is the easy task, but be willing to go directly into the battle of life with only God's promise of victory. Are we okay with that? Are we okay with the only promise of victory being from God? Or do we have to try and work something else out to where we have an insurance plan? Okay, if God's, if God's will doesn't work out, I can do this then on the side. Or are we fully committed to what God has us to do? So not only do I want to see that he was ready to answer the call, he was right there next to Moses, he was ready and willing to help, but he also fought faithfully despite the circumstances. If we look at verses 11 and 12, and it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And it is so easy to read that and just to kind of gloss over it, but looking at it from the perspective of Joshua, he's down there in the battle, and it's going back and forth. It, he doesn't know what's going on. He just knows the battle's going back and forth. All of a sudden, it seems like they're winning. Yes, God's going to bring the victory right out of the gate because Moses' hands were strong right at the beginning, and he had his hands up and was praying to the Lord, and then his hands started to go down, and they started to lose. And Joshua's like, okay, what's going on? Like, I thought God was going to bring a quick victory. That was going to be it. But the whole time, the battle was back and forth and back and forth, and it says until the going down of the sun now, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I do a workout for an hour and I'm winded. These guys fought all day until the going down of the sun. And it was very physical combat. And these guys had to keep trusting in the Lord that he was going to do what he said and that he was going to bring victory. No doubt Joshua could see Moses up on the hill and could see him praying for them. But uh, he's not staring at him the entire battle. You know, he's back into the battle and he's down there and he's fighting. He had to trust that Moses was playing his part in praying for him. And uh, also, he had to keep working and keep fighting uh, to bring victory for Israel. So what about in our lives when we get in those tough situations? When we have to put our heads down and fight? Are we turning to the Lord? Are we trusting in God that he's going to bring us victory? Or do we start getting too distracted by the battle? Do we expect just a quick victory right off the bat? And do we start to doubt God when we start to lose a little bit? Now, I don't know about you guys, but um, life isn't always easy. Choices aren't always easily made. The right thing to do isn't always obvious. And sometimes it seems like life can be a roller coaster and a back and forth. And God wants us to trust him no matter what's happening. Uh, it's super easy to trust God, and I'm sure Joshua felt super confident in victory when they were winning at the beginning. But when Moses' hands started to go down and they started to lose, maybe not Joshua, but maybe some of the people he was fighting with started to doubt, okay, are we really going to win this thing? Like, what's going on? Do we think that sometimes when we start to maybe fail a little bit? Or are we putting our trust in God, knowing that he's bringing us through these things for a reason? God wanted to be glorified in this victory. God wanted to be glorified in this battle. He wanted it to be only because of God that they won this battle. God wanted to show them that it wasn't them who was winning. It wasn't Joshua's military tactics that won the battle. 
It wasn't Moses that won the battle, because if Moses lowered his hands, then it would have been a complete loss. It wasn't because of them, it was because of God. And he wanted to show his strength and show that it was only through him that they were going to win. How often does that happen in our lives where we don't even think about that? We try and do things our way, how we want to do them. We try and we, we lose sight of God and we try to do things our way. But God has a plan and a victory for us already ready. But when things start to get tough, we quit. What happened if Joshua had quit? What happened if when uh, Moses' hands went down and they started to lose, Joshua just gave up and was like, okay, this is ridiculous. We're going back and forth. I don't want to fight anymore. He's getting tired. It's getting close to the end of the day. They've been in physical combat all day long. And he just quit. That would have changed the entire course of the history of Israel. They would have lost their very first military engagement, and who knows what would have happened. But it didn't happen because that's not how God wanted it to happen. God knew exactly what he was doing, and he knew Joshua would fight, and he knew Moses would raise his hands and claim victory because it's what God wanted. How often are we trusting in God that even when things are going bad, even when things don't make sense, uh, even when things seem tough, even when we can't directly see God, we can't see him working in our lives because he's working in different areas that we're not looking at, how often do we trust in ourselves? I would encourage you today, do not quit. Do not give up because God will never quit and God will never give up on you. No matter what's happening, God never changes. It's not God that's changing, it's us and our perspective that changes, but God never changes. God's plan doesn't change. He always has the victory already in mind for us. We just have to be willing to follow him. Things won't be easy, and God never promises easy. Jesus went through great adversity on earth, so why would we expect any less? Satan wants us to fail. He wants us to give up when things are going wrong. But Satan cannot overcome God. If you're a saved believer in Jesus, the circumstances do not matter. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. It doesn't matter what man thinks is the right answer or what we think is the right answer, but it matters on what God says is truth. God's truth is all that matters. God's plan is what matters. And yeah, life is not going to be easy. I'm not up here going to tell you prosperity gospel that yes, you believe in Jesus Christ, everything's going to be smooth sailing from there. Everything's going to be super easy. There's not going to be any battles because that's just not the truth. The Christian life is a battle. As we talked about today, there's spiritual battles. Joshua and the children of Israel were going through a physical battle that was also a spiritual battle here. And we often deal with both physical and spiritual battles, and we have to be willing to trust the Lord because he promises to always be with us. God always promises to always be by our side, even in these difficult circumstances, because what seems difficult to us is nothing to God. Not only was he ready to answer the call, he was right there ready to go. He didn't only fight faithfully despite the circumstances, kept going no matter what was going on, ups and downs, kept battling, but he finally found victory through Christ. And if we look at verse number 13, and Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And what a victory it was. No matter what happened throughout the battle, Christ brought the victory. Nothing Joshua could have done in his own power would have won, only through prayer and God's power. 
Through Moses and Joshua's complete trust in God and faithfulness to his commands, God solidified Israel and showed his favor to them after leaving Egypt. Why are we seeking victory? It's kind of what we talked about today in the the sermon with Pastor today. Why are you looking to win? Why do you want to win? Why do you want to have spiritual victory? Is it to make your own life easier? Is it just to make things go well for you? Or are you looking for spiritual victory to bring glory to God? Do you want people to look at your life and say, wow, there's something different in their life. Something's going on there. They, they talk about church and stuff, and their life seems to be going well. Uh, they talk about church, and even though their life is going horrible, like they've told me things that are going on, they're still saying, praise the Lord. You know, why are they doing that? How can they possibly do that? Like, I, I know what they're going through. How can they be trusting in God? Are you trusting in God so that people will look to God or say, wow, he's so strong? Wow, Glenn's going through a hard time and he's just pushing through it. What an awesome guy. Why are we looking to win? Do we want to glorify God? Do we want people to look to Jesus or do we want people to look at our lives and think how awesome we are? We must always remember that the ultimate goal of victory is to bring glory to God. So how about it today? Are you ready to answer God's call? When God wants to use us, are we listening for his still small voice? Or are we allowing the things of the world to drown out his voice? Are we getting so busy doing other things that we're not paying attention to what God wants for our life? We're doing what we want. Are we looking for those victories in our lives for ourselves? Are we looking to them for God? Are we staying faithful despite what's going on around us? Even though the battle may not seem to be going our way, are we trusting God for the final results? Man, if you take a look at this world today and look around and see different things that are happening, it sure seems like uh, we're losing in certain areas. If you look around, you see the way that the world's going. Um, It's easy to give up and say, well, I can't make a difference anyway. I might as well stop. But have you stopped to consider that maybe God is allowing these things to happen so that we turn to him and trust in him? God's allowing these things to happen so that we look to him for the victory and don't try and figure it out ourselves. God doesn't want us to think, how am I going to do this? How am I going to fix this? It's about trusting in God. Again, God brought complete victory for the children of Israel in Exodus 17 here. It was only through him that they won. There was nothing they could have done. Things going on in this world, there's nothing that we in and of ourselves can do to bring victory. It's only through trusting in Jesus Christ. I want to leave you with the story of Charles Simeon. When he was appointed as the pastor in a church in Cambridge, England in 1783, Charles Simeon was delighted. The people of the church did not share his joy. Many of the prominent members of the church opposed his convictions on reaching the lost with the gospel. And to show their displeasure, they locked their pew boxes during the services and left them empty so that those who came to hear Simeon preach could not hear, and had to stand or sit in the aisles. Eventually, God began to work, and Simeon's ministry had a powerful influence on the nation of England and the world through his efforts to encourage missionary work. During the dark days of opposition, Simeon wrote, In this state of things, I saw no remedy but faith and patience. It was painful indeed to see the church, with the exception of the aisles, almost forsaken. But I thought that if God would only give a double blessing to the congregation that did attend, 
there would on the whole be as much good done as if the congregation were doubled and the blessing limited to only half the amount. This comforted me many, many times when without such a reflection, I should have sunk under my burden. Opposition does not mean that we are doing things wrong. Often it is an evidence that we are doing things right. If we allow ourselves to be deterred from doing anything unless we have complete approval, it is certain that we will never accomplish anything of value. Rather than being discouraged by opposition, we should take comfort in God's faithfulness and keep on doing what is right. How easy it would have been for Charles Simeon to give up. I mean, his, his faithful members of the church, his church body, uh, back then they used to have pews for certain people with keys that they could lock and unlock when they came to church. These people locked their pews so that visitors couldn't come and sit in their seats. They had gotten so comfortable in church and so comfortable hearing what they wanted to hear that they locked the pews when they wanted to reach out to others. How often do we do that in our lives and in our own hearts? God, I'm going to lock off this pew so that you can't get to it and that uh, I'm just going to live life my way and I'm not going to allow you to work in this area. How often do we do that at church in our normal lives Maybe not physically. We don't take out a rope and block off our aisle and say, hey, nobody's sitting here but me, and if I don't like it, I'm going to leave and no one can sit here. But how often do we think that? How often do we get comfortable in our own way of thinking that we don't allow God to work? We get so comfortable sitting in church that we forget that there's a world out there that needs Jesus. Again, opposition does not mean that we're doing wrong things. Often it's evidence that we're doing right things. So I want you to think about that this week. If there's opposition in your life, are you trusting God to help you overcome it? Where is that opposition coming from? Is God trying to grow you? Are you willing to reach out to others, to help others? Are you willing to, even in the tough situations when no one's standing by you, to stand up and fight for the Lord? Thank you.